What does family mean to you? What are some of your most treasured memories and moments with your family? I know when I think about that, many, many thoughts flood my mind. For most of us, family is a natural priority and of great importance. But what does it mean to God? We'll talk all about it coming up next. Helping you grow deeper on your spiritual journey. Welcome to The Inner Life with Patrick Conley. Welcome to The Inner Life, the show that's all about spiritual direction, helping you out as you strive to live this day and every day in loving union with God. Now, I don't want to overly romanticize the notion of family. We all have our struggles, even those with the very best of families. From trivial tiffs and minor misunderstandings all the way to deep dysfunction, familial relationships are, at times at least, fraught with difficulty. But that stands to reason, as none of us, as we know, are perfect. But what about the one who is perfect? God himself. I mean, he was the one who came up with the idea of family, right? Is family just a gift that he gave us for this life? Or does it actually have a standard of perfection found in the divine nature? Plus, what has God revealed to us about the family, its meaning, its proper function? and the role that it is meant to play in helping us all in the universal call to holiness. We'll grapple with some of these questions and take your thoughts, as today, here on The Inner Life, we're talking faith and family. Let's say hello to our spiritual director for the hour ahead, Father Brian Fallon. Father Fallon is a priest of the Archdiocese of St. Louis, where he serves as vocations director and chaplain to the students at Washington University. Welcome back to the program, Father. Glad you could be with us again. Thanks, Patrick. Great to be with you all. Great to be with you too. Now, if I'm not uh, if I'm not mistaken, this sounds like a new assignment for you as far as the chaplain goes. Is that right? Yes, it's reassignment season for many priests, and I just settled in a couple weeks ago at uh, the Catholic Student Center. We're on the footsteps of Wash U, which is one of the Ivy Leagues of the Midwest. So, great students and great community. Great to meet everybody so far. Yeah, you excited about it? Is this uh, something that you look forward to? <laughs> I found the knives and forks just the other day, so uh, <laughs> settling in and <laughs> the, the Lord right. is providing. Uh, yeah, it's going to be fine. Well, knives and forks are a good thing to have uh, in in any vocation at any time. Yes, very good. Well, I'm pleased that you're with us today as we're talking about this important issue of family and faith, and and that's uh, something that I mean, I think we take it for granted a lot, um, Father. Would you say that's true that when we talk about family, we all come from families of one kind or another? Obviously, many of us have families of our own, um, but yet it's something that kind of slides underneath the radars from time to time. I think we take it for granted for sure. There's a lot of times where we're just trying to uh, make it through the day without, uh, you know, going crazy at one of our family members. But then, especially for me, when I moved away and went to seminary, I thought, wow, I I really miss them. I I miss my sister. I miss my parents. So Mm -hmm. just that that sense of being able to gather together uh, really does show how the Lord has blessed us. Even though we have problems, even though everything isn't perfect with our families, uh, they're the ones that know us best. Yeah, that's true enough. And as I said in my opening reflection there, Father, it, it seems like that there is something well beyond even just this mortal realm that family at least points us to, if not actually is embodied in the divine nature. I'm wondering if we can start there, maybe what scripture and what Jesus himself reveals to us about family. Any thoughts about that in any particular scripture or gospel passages? 
We see in the commandments that are given uh, at the beginning of the covenant with the Lord how we're supposed to honor our father and mother, uh, how we're supposed to love our neighbor as ourselves. I also think the way that Jesus shows us how to live, he was born into a family. He didn't need to have a family, but chose to show us how important it is to journey with a mother and father. Mm -hmm. You know, that's something that hit me today as I was uh, preparing for the show. I was kind of meditating on the whole nature and notion of family and exactly what you said, Father, that he didn't need to have a family. I mean, that wasn't that wasn't uh, a necessary part of it. God could have accomplished his incarnation in different ways. And yet he still saw fit to uh, not just not just have him born of a woman, but also born of a couple of, uh, you know, St. Joseph and our Blessed Mother. That's, that's rather astonishing to me and should lend some credence to the importance of family. Yeah? I think it's a beautiful example that we see Mary and Joseph giving to us, and especially to parents, on just their patience and their listening to God the Father, the prompting, sometimes little nudges by angels, uh, how to be able yep. to carry out the work of bringing Christ more and more into the world. And we, we know that kids aren't perfect like Jesus uh, but we do know <laughs> that they are cherished by the Lord. That's another gospel passage. Let the children come to me, we hear in Matthew 19, and do not prevent them. So that great gift of being able to pass on the faith to the next generation. Yeah. Well, that lays a good foundation, and I'm sure we'll come back to what the Lord says about family and how uh, he he promoted the family even in his own ministry. But let's skip ahead a couple thousand years and talk about it today. Why would you say the family is so important today, Father? What are some things that we should think about? I think our world is so polarized and it's just filled with so many ups and downs. And being able to have a family where you come together into that, gosh, safe haven uh, of the home and to be able to think about the home as a domestic church, uh, as we hear people describe it, and just to know that that sanctuary where we're able to find refuge and be fed physically, but also spiritually, uh, is just so important in the midst of all of the topsy-turvy uh, different things that we might experience out in the world. So to be able to come back into that place of refuge uh, and to be strengthened and equipped to go out and be disciples. That's why I think we need more and more to live out our family life. When you talk about that, Father, what springs to mind to me is Jesus, uh, you know, withdrawing from his public ministry from time to time, even from the apostles themselves, in order to go and spend time with his Father. Do you think there's a parallel there between uh, Jesus spending time with his Father in prayer and that refuge that you spoke of uh, that we always have with our families? For sure. Even sometimes to think about how... I don't know if if this is like what your family was like, but sometimes the TV was on a lot in my family. And after a while, (laughs) we just learned, can we just not have the commercials on at full blast? Do we have to be advertised to? Can we just talk with each other about our days? Uh, Mom was pretty insistent that we not eat in front of the TV uh, (laughs) or that we not watch certain shows. So just to be able to tune out the world then helps us to maybe commune more and more with the Lord to spend time in prayer as Jesus did. Right, right. Yeah, good point and you're and you're uh you're touching on some things I'm very familiar with myself. Yes, that uh it it takes some discipline, 
Um, but uh, that's what I think we'll, we'll get into a lot on the show today is how can we be more intentional about building our familiar relationships? We're talking about faith and family today here on The Inner Life, the importance of the family in living out our faith, what those gifts are that the family provides to us with our spiritual director, Father Brian Fallon from the Archdiocese of St. Louis, Missouri. And uh, if you have thoughts about how important the family has been in your life, if you have illustrations about how your family life has helped you to grow in the faith, maybe even just some traditions, some tips that you would share on how to build good, faith-filled families, give us a call. Let us know what you're thinking. 888-914-9149. Encourage and inspire one another at 888-914-9149 or send us an email, life at relevantradio.com. So, Father, I don't mean to pry, but uh, since you brought it up, uh, maybe a little bit more. Can we just know a little bit about what your family life was like growing up? <laughs> my family is so weird. <laughs> I love them so much. Uh, my my younger cousin said, you know, I really feel sad for Brian. And she said, my aunt said, why is that? I was like, well, because his family's always singing. <laughs> so uh, my my mom would always be around the piano and my sister was in musical theater, so singing Wicked, uh, the album, uh, yeah. the, the play at the top of her lungs. And then my dad was in the choir at church, so he would be crooning a Frank Sinatra tune while barbecuing. And uh, it was just a, it was a happy family. And faith was one of those things, and in, in not to stereotype Irish-American households, but we, we all went to church every Sunday. Um, but a lot of the discussion of faith was more person to person. It wasn't Let's sit down and, and do the prayers together as a family. We'd pray before meals, um, but it, it wasn't a very demonstrative faith. And I even just, my grandmother who passed away when I was young, one of my earliest memories of her is being with her at one of the vigil masses and just seeing her moving these beads back and forth in her left hand. And I just asked her, like, what are you doing? And just just that example, and then being able to see her daughter, my mom, uh, just have a rosary by her nightstand. You know, it wasn't it wasn't something that was you're going to do this right now, but it's really just helped me to take on some devotions of my own and, and to make them my own. Uh, mm-hmm. Just a real gift of that that subtle faith that um, that interior disposition. Yeah, I think sometimes we sell short um, even those those subtle things as you put them. Some those little things that come up and that that are are there to encourage faith, even if they're not explicitly practiced or in, in, in other, in other families, it, it can be, you know, it's required, right? <laughs> every, every Sunday or every night, we are going to be praying the rosary together at this time. And if you have friends over or whatever, they're welcome to join in, but you will be here with us. praying. I've heard stories like this. I didn't grow up Catholic, so I didn't have that particular experience in my life. But uh, yeah, I would say that my, my growing up was also kind of more of a subtle faith. Um, and that's what we're talking about today here on The Inner Life, faith and family. How does family encourage and support and grow faith? Um, not just in the kids, although that's going, to be, uh, that's going to be one of the things that, of course, we're going to be talking about. But as adults, as parents, even as grandparents, how has family really helped to nurture your faith? If you have some comments to give, we'd love to hear them. 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. Let's go to the phones. Actually, we've got somebody calling in. Herb is calling in from Reno, Nevada. Herb, welcome to The Inner Life. Oh, how are you doing, Patrick? Doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing well, thank you. Uh, my comment is that if it wasn't for my wife, I wouldn't be practicing the faith right now. I was in the military for 21 years. Uh, 
didn't think that we're going to be sticking together because uh, things got pretty rough, but she got me to believe more in the faith, and that's what kept us going. How about that, Father? Yeah, that's I mean, a real gift. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, to be able to have family and especially to, uh, let's say, play the long game of faith, you know, just that persistence uh, and, and that patience with people when they're going through a hard time. Uh, and just the love that comes from family can really motivate us to see that as a reflection of God's love. Yeah. Great shout out that you gave her to your wife there. And thanks be to God that she has, she's in your life and that she is such a gift to you and your faith life. And maybe there's others too who can say, I can certainly say that my wife has uh, really kind of catapulted me forward in the faith um, just with the things that I know that I, I uh, owe to her and how much out of love I want to serve her in that way. So to grow in faith is a great thing that our, our spouses help us to do. Again, if you have testimonies like Herb did about the way your family has played a role in deepening your life of faith, give us a call, 888-914-9149. And maybe let's talk a little bit, Father, here about um, passing on the faith to the kids. We talked about um, you know those families who are more subtle in that. Some families are more blatant. You know, there are these requirements that are, that are re- required faith-wise in our, in our households. Any, any thoughts about maybe a best way to pass on faith to kids? One of the best examples I've seen is a family who I'm friends with the mom and dad uh, in in the neighboring parish. And as I would go over for dinner and we would just be having conversations, it would uh, come time for bed and they have four kids and we would just circle up and they would sing a song and they would have a very simple prayer that they uh, had memorized, and even the little kids uh, had memorized just about God bless mommy and daddy, and including uh, Father Fallon in the in the prayer was always a nice gesture. Nice. Uh, but then each of the kids had a chance, from youngest to oldest, to pray about maybe a classmate or somebody that uh, they know that's going through a hard time. And what I loved how the parents modeled this is uh, for them just to be able to speak to their heavenly Father. Uh, and, and not in a sing-song way, not uh, lowering it for the kids, uh, but just very intentionally praying and modeling that for their children. And as the kids have grown over the years, they've been able to mature in the way that they speak to God, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. And that one of the things that that does, I think, one of the many things that doing something like that does, having a kind of a family, and it doesn't have necessarily have to be an extensive time, but a, a family time of prayer each day, it helps just to solidify the the notion of the reality of God, right? That God is part of this family, that God is, God exists, God is present, and he is part of this family. And that seems to be a great gift as well. Um, and Father, as we're, as we're continuing to talk about that, how parents can pass faith onto their kids. Now, you've mentioned singing a number of times with your own family <laughs> and with uh, other uh, stories that you've heard. Um, is singing required for passing faith onto the kids? Because some of our listeners might be, I don't know if I can do that. Yeah, well, you don't always have to hit the right key, but I think some, there's something about singing that uh, is allowing us to be able to use our, our full person. Um, not that you have to sing at every time that you pray. Uh, St. Augustine says those who sing pray twice, so maybe that's a nod in the right direction. Uh, but even just a, a simple song uh, like the Hail Mary uh, as a community, uh, even as a, a little community, as a family, uh, can can mean something pretty significant. So 
if you're if you're doubting it, you know, maybe just give it a try. All right. And that's, uh, you know, singing obviously is is meant to be part of our liturgies as well. And there is something that is valuable about it um, from the lips of St. Augustine or from, you know, many throughout our church history that singing has meant something uh, very important to us. But that fosters, in my mind, it, it brings up the whole idea of the domestic church. Can you give us an idea? What are we talking about when you talk about the domestic church, Father? I tell married couples, uh, those that are preparing for marriage, that is, uh, that their kitchen table is a metaphorical altar. You know, all of us share in the common priesthood, and in that way that uh, husband and wife, as they gather people around their table, uh, they're putting a sacrifice into laying down uh, food on the altar to nourish. Uh, but I said the, the privilege that we have is to be able to invite people around that table, those that are related to us, our, our kids or other relatives, uh, but even to allow that to be a way to help other people to come to know the Lord. And some of the tables that I've been able to gather around, they, they feel like church because what, what are we doing at church? We're gathering together uh, as an assembly uh, and we're, we're sharing in a common union or a communion. Mm-hmm. And so God uh, is very intentionally present there. Uh, and especially when we speak of him and give praise to him, uh, even just by serving others, by sharing a meal, uh, or by providing refuge, that's how the family is able to be a domestic church. Yeah, very good. Well, lots to talk about when it comes to the family and how family fosters faith. That's our subject today here on The Inner Life. If you have a way that family has really encouraged your life of faith, or if you have uh, tips to share about how to deepen faith within the family, or maybe you have a question about, well, what does this mean? Or how can I do this better? How can I do family better? Give us a call. Join the conversation. 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. Or send us an email, innerlife at relevantradio.com. Got lots more to come on The Inner Life. Thanks for joining us thus far, but we got more. So stick around. We'll be back right after this. Our sponsor, the University of Dallas, invites you to check out The Quest, a five-episode video series on discovering our purpose and living it with courage. Start watching The Quest for free at RelevantRadio.com slash quest. Welcome back to The Inner Life with Patrick Conley. Join the conversation at 888-914-9149. Teach your children well. Very good. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio on RelevantRadio.com and the Relevant Radio app. Thanks for listening today as we're talking about faith and family. What was the role that family played in your life of faith? Maybe you received from your family the faith from a very young age. Maybe you were one of those families that prayed the rosary every night or at least every week together as a family. What did that mean to you? And how did it foster faith? Give us a call. Join the conversation. Give some. Give us some good tips on how to build faith in the family. 888-914-9149 is our phone number. 888-914-9149. And our spiritual director today is Father Brian Fallon, vocations director and chaplain to the Catholic Student Center at Washington University. Let's go back to the phones, Father. We've got uh, Tim, who's calling in from Northfield, Minnesota. Tim, welcome to the show. Tim, welcome to the show. Thank you. Yes, thank you for having my call. Um, Can you hear me okay? Yep. Okay, great. Thanks. Yeah, what really helped, uh, I think, in our family and in all the families of, of my close relations was that uh, my grandmother and grandfather on my mother's side were really very holy people, and uh, they loved their grandkids, 
and constantly prayed with with us when we went over there. But one thing that I can remember very vividly is that um, every Sunday morning, uh, we would all go, Every all the families, there's many that couldn't make it, went to the 9 o'clock Mass, which was a high Mass in those days. And, uh, and then after that Mass was over, everybody headed over to Grandpa and Grandma's house, and we just had one big one big uh, joyful time being together, talking, uh, eating coffee and donuts, uh, well, along with you know all of our cousins and everything. So everybody knew everybody well. Everybody got along really very well, um, and it just meant a lot to us. Something that we could remember for a long time. Yeah, what a great gift, Tim, to be able to experience faith in that way. Uh, I think a lot of us are able to know of people, whether we're related to them or people that we've met in life, uh, they just have a real humility and simplicity in their faith. And they, they show up and they're faithful. And then they go and they serve, and whether it's their, their jobs or serving at home. Uh, and just to be able to see them as another sign of God's visible presence uh, is really a great gift that we have in their example. Yeah, thanks, Tim, for the call. And it, it again, it, it prompts in my mind just the thought of uh, the importance of these faith-centered or at least faith-involved traditions that we set in our family, like Tim just described. I think that's a it's a great way. Maybe just a word from you, Father, about the importance of doing Because I know that when traditions are first starting, you were talking about you know giving advice to engage couples and that sort of thing. When traditions are just starting, they may seem kind of odd or quirky or yeah, this doesn't seem it seems out of the usual, out of the ordinary. But it seems like those traditions are the ones if we keep to them can really make a difference. I agree. I think especially for couples that are preparing for marriage or couples that are, are newly married or even if they they have uh, a baby or two in their family. To start those now uh, as the, the husband and wife and just to continue to allow them to be seeds that are sown, we don't always see the fruit right away. But after years of just a constancy in the faith and, and just allowing the Lord to provide for us, even if uh, we don't see it, uh, we're going to reap the fruits of that. Uh, and just noticing uh, those families that have that consistent prayer and, and have the love of God have that relationship, kind of as Tim was talking about, uh, you just start to notice a difference in the character of those people. What is it that makes you different? It's the Lord. It's His grace. Right, exactly. And while we're on the topic anyway, um, there may be people listening who are just starting out in family. Maybe there's an engaged couple. Maybe they're just having their first child, something like that. They're just starting to really uh, get explore this whole family thing and and, uh, you know, there's a lot of unfamiliar things perhaps coming up and, and yet very joyful things as well. Any other tips that you might give, Father, to people just to, to build a firm foundation on faith for the family that they're about to enter into? I'd say one of the biggest things that this generation of new couples is experiencing is a fear around having children mm. because they've seen the difficulties that their parents experienced or their grandparents experienced. And I would just say that that's something that we have to lay at the feet of the Lord uh, to be able to ask the Holy Family for their example and for their intercession. And just to know that the Lord's going to be able to take care of you. And yeah, maybe you don't get to go on the best vacation or have the best clothes or have everything just so. And maybe there might be some tight times. 
but the love of the Lord and his belief that his that grace is going to sustain you, I think that's the thing that uh, can really provide some peace. Mm, and I think yeah. if you ask a family, you know, maybe grandparents listening, you know, if you look back on some of the crazy times, you know, how much of it do you really regret, you know, to being able to gather around with th- thinking about Thanksgiving and Christmas, all of those grandchildren uh, and those children that you have, you know, I don't think that that's something that you'd regret uh, even though it was tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point, indeed. Our spiritual director today, Father Brian Fallon, we're talking about faith and family. Uh, so, Father, too, I was thinking that, you know, there's a, a lot of people, more and more in our American society these days, really in the in the West for sure, uh, people are coming into the age of starting a family together, and they may not have had a positive experience with their family. They may not have had, they may not have received the faith, really, in any substantive form uh, from their family of origin. Any suggestions for people who are wrestling with that reality? Yeah, Father's Day and Mother's Day at church. I don't know if anyone else has seen this, but sometimes there's just a couple people missing because those days are pretty hard for them. And whether they you know, haven't been able to be parents themselves or whether they had bad experience with their uh, fathers and mothers. What, what I preach on is just an encouragement that just because you didn't have a good father or mother experience doesn't mean that you don't have a good heavenly father that's taking care of you. And if you did have a good parent, well, that's a great example of a reflection of God's love, of God the Father uh, providing. So to see that as a maybe a, a launching point into a deeper relationship with God. Um, John Paul II, I think, is a great example in many ways. Uh, but when his mother died when he was a young boy, he said to Our Lady of Chestahova, he said, you must be my mother now. Mm-hmm. And just allowing Our Lady to be the one to provide in that space of lack uh, for him and, and to be able to turn to her and to be able to ask for her intercession. We know how important Our Lady was uh, to John Paul, and that's an invitation for us too. Yeah, very much, very much so. Thank you, Father. Good advice. Let's go back to the phones. We've got Rebecca calling in from Colorado. Rebecca, good morning. Thanks for calling in. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. I just wanted to give a call. I kind of tuned in and I um, heard, a, you know, what what made you, what probably happened in your family life when you were younger. Well, uh, my mom and dad had 16 kids and they had, Jesus and Mary were number one in our family. They We had, we had like a grotto outside. We had um, our saints and statues inside. I, my mom would... I just remember such a um, a great memory is that I saw her kneeling in front of our altar, just praying to Mary and, and um, Jesus. And then my dad and all of the kids and all all of us, our family would go to mass every Sunday. And that's a lot for them to have done with that many kids. Of course, they were like, you know, the older ones were gone, but then there was at least eight or 10 of us that they would take, but they really instilled in, in us, um, who Jesus was, and I was so happy for that because as I grow older and have my children, I grew older, now I, you know, we did the same things with our children, but it just, every day I thank Jesus. Thank you for our parents who gave us you, Lord, because we wouldn't, you know, we might not know you. Uh, know you. So anyway, I want to share that with everybody and just, it is hard, I'm sure, but they did it, 16 kids. <laughs> What a great gift, Rebecca. Yeah, to see the Lord at work and to see the love of Jesus still present in your heart because of the example of your parents. 
And I think maybe uh, my parents in their raising of us kids uh, might think of the, the things that they did that were very intentional uh, and how those were very good things to be able to help us to learn about God. But it was also the maybe unintended things, the things that I just noticed about their character uh, that also were really impactful and profound in my own faith development. So yeah, your mom kneeling by uh, the bedside, kneeling at the at the little altar, uh, just showing another glimpse of God's presence to you. Thank you, Rebecca, for the testimony and for the call about how uh, that has formed your faith. And with that many children, yeah, again, to see that your parents were dedicated to making sure that the faith was a part of what, everything that you did as a family. So great testimony about how your family has uh, done God has used your family to deepen your life of faith. That's what we're talking about today here on The Inner Life. If you have a call or comment, if you have a question about uh, deepening faith in the family, 888-914-9149. Let's go now to Mark calling in from Houston, Texas. Mark, welcome. Thanks. Uh, I just wanted to comment that my parents, my dad was a city fireman, my mother was a registered nurse, and we had there were eight kids in our family, and all of us went to a parochial school for eight years and it was not easy for them to come up with that money but i can tell you right now it paid big dividends all of us are grounded in our faith and i'm so thankful for that yeah thanks for the call i've heard stories of people saying look father i don't i don't have the tuition but here's what i do have uh, i'm a painter or i'm a carpenter uh, or I can, uh, you know, maybe help uh, with some odd jobs of, of housekeeping, just little ways in which uh, people really do put their priority on uh, the raising of the faith. Uh, yeah, for those that are able to do parochial school, that's a great example. Uh, but also just the other ways in which we see people really sacrificing. Uh, it's a sacrifice to make it to Sunday Mass, even though it's our obligation. Uh, it's not always an easy thing to put everybody together uh, and get everybody in the pew on time. So, yeah, just a real shout-out to parents that have made that commitment. Mark, thank you so much for the call and for the, introducing that whole idea of that element of sacrifice. And that's one of the things that I think does pay big dividends, as you said, Mark, in the lives of the faith of the children. When, they, when children see their parents sacrificing so that they can, and, and especially if the parents, I would say, are probably explicit about, we're doing this so that you can draw closer to the Lord. That that does pay big dividends, right, Father? Oh, yeah, I agree. And especially my family, you know, that the priority on faith development uh, wasn't just something that was in the school day, uh, but it was also something that uh, just even uh, making sacrifices so I could go on the youth retreats uh, or making uh, the commitment to get me to church on vacation. Uh, and just those types of things uh, really do have a, a lasting presence of the Lord's love for us. Yeah, absolutely. We see the sacrifice of the Lord modeled to us by our parents. We're talking about faith and family here on The Inner Life today. We're looking for tips and testimonies about how families have spurred on your life of faith, how, how it has been a formed the bedrock, perhaps, of your whole practice of the faith. If you have someone you'd like to honor or if you have some tips on how families can better instill the faith in especially in the lives of children give us a call triple eight nine one four nine one four nine let's go down to bonnie calling in from berkeley california bonnie welcome to the program thanks for calling in hi um i wanted to give a testimony from my uh, dad's mother my uh catholic irish catholic grandmother 
She went to daily mass during World War II, said the rosary every single day, and had this devotion to Mother of Perpetual Help to bring her four sons home safely from World War II and to raise their families. And they all came home, which is somewhat of a miracle in those days, actually. So just testimony to her. Mm. Yeah, what a miracle. You're right uh, to have her four boys away at war uh, and just entrusting all of that to the Lord at the altar, saying, Lord, take care of my family. Uh, Yeah, what a great and deep, profound faith she has. Yeah. Well, great testimony, Bonnie, and thank you for calling in. Thank you for, uh, yeah, for giving that good word about how, again, family can foster faith. Now, Father, I think, uh, I think too, that we have to be honest about some of these things. With all these great calls we got coming in about people who are saying, Man, my parents did this, they had us do that, they took us to Mass every Sunday, even with a lot of kids, you know, they had us pray the rosary every day, all these things that we've heard so far, and I'm sure are, you know, without, with, without a doubt, are present in lives of Catholic families across the globe um, to, with, the, with the goal of fostering the faith. Let's be honest and say that, you know, you can do all the right, quote-unquote, things, all these things that people are suggesting, and it doesn't yet ensure that the kids will keep the faith. And uh, any comments on that specifically, Father? Yeah, it's the real heartbreak of parishioners who have come up to me and said, I don't know where I went wrong. I did everything the right way, and now many of my kids don't practice. And my encouragement to them is to remind them that, we can only do what we can, you know, we can present all of these things, but it has to be someone's free choice to be able to receive it as true. Uh, think about nourishment. You can feed your kids all the right things, but you know, they have to make their own choices as adults to continue that practice of eating the right things or, or, or living a healthy lifestyle. So I wouldn't want any parent, obviously feeling upset and feeling discouraged, I wouldn't want any family member or parent to feel like they bear the responsibility of their kids not practicing the faith. I think that's just important to say for everyone. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And to also acknowledge, like you said, Father, the absolute heartbreak it can be when parents see their children kind of leaving away. And it's probably a it's probably a good time to just to point out, too, the the vast societal influences that are out there that would lead kids away from the faith, right? Oh, sure. As soon as you leave the household, there are all different other things trying to influence and impress upon you. Uh, this is the way to do things. Uh, unfortunately, some of our schools would start to say things like, well, science is the only real empirical truth. So having some sort of belief in a God that created the world and starting to just fuel all these different narratives, things that uh, we don't even believe as, as Catholics and, and lies about the faith. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes there's even different denominations or religions uh, that might really charge someone to defend their Catholic faith when maybe a young person isn't able to do that. Mm-hmm. So it's easy just to allow uh, the enemy to, to creep in and to discourage. And so that's where I would just say, especially if, if you're a parent of kids that are still of school age, uh, to be able to have good questions, to be able to admit if, if you don't know something, but to, to learn with them how to be able to defend the practice of the faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good point. Good point from our spiritual director, Father Brian Fallon. We're talking about faith and family. How is the family instilled in you the faith? What is it meant to your life of faith uh, growing up in a family? Maybe it's a family 
maybe it is a family that didn't have much to share about the faith, but you have since found the faith. And how has that changed your perception of the family? Give us a call. Let us know. 888-914-9149. Let's go back to the phones. Virginia has been waiting patiently in Bakersfield, California. Virginia, thanks for calling in. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Yes, um, we have, we're Hispanic, and my great-grandmother started a prayer for um, uh, the people in purgatory, and we say it every night at 7 o'clock, and my great-grandmother did it, my grandmother did it, my aunt did it, and she's very old now, and she passed it on to me. So she told me, when I pass, you have to start doing it every day. Also, I have a three-year-old grandson that I'm teaching him the rosary, and he loves praying. He knows to thank God when he eats. He knows to ask the Lord for um, his mercy when they go to bed and to forgive everyone and pray for everyone. So it's very important, I think to teach our children about the Lord and saints and how people live back back and how grateful we should be. What a beautiful witness you've got there in your family and being able to pass on, especially the gift of prayer and the gift of faith. I think so often uh, we forget to pray for the deceased, especially our family members. And just, yeah, for everyone to hear, even if someone was a really faithful person, I think they would want us to pray for their soul, especially should there be anything that uh, would prevent them from experiencing the great gift of, of going to heaven. So yeah, thank you for that witness. I think it's a wonderful example of family life. Thank you, Virginia, for the call. Excellent points and uh, excellent testimony and excellent example to the rest of us about good ways to instill faith in the family, which is our subject today here on The Inner Life. 888-914-9149 is our number if you'd like to share a tip or testimony about how the faith was fostered in your family life with our spiritual director, Father Brian Fallon. Got more to come with The Inner Life, but we'll, we need to take a short break. We'll be back right after this. Our sponsor, the University of Dallas, invites you to check out The Quest, a five-episode video series on discovering our purpose and living it with courage. Start watching The Quest for free at relevantradio.com slash quest. So won't you come on in? Supper's almost done. Go ahead and call your friends. Cause we got room for everyone. Let's make some memories round this nine-foot Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio. My name is Patrick Conley. My thanks to Nick Sentovich, our producer, and Cyrus Simcoe taking your phone calls today, along with our spiritual director, Father Brian Fallon, who is the vocations director and chaplain to the Catholic Student Center at Washington University. We're talking about family and faith and just how how important family is to nurturing our faith from a very young age, but even all the way through. Um, how how we can find just roots to sink down deeper and deeper through our families. Um, and one of the things, Father, I, I, I heard just over the break there um, that you have something called the St. Monica Club. Can you talk about that? Yeah, my parish that I, I just got reassigned from, uh, our pastoral associate, Jen, said, I really want to start a thing called the St. Monica Club. And I said, what what is that? And she said, St. Monica prayed fervently for her son, Augustine, to be able to uh, experience the love of the Lord and the faith. And 
uh, admonished him with many tears, I think is the phrase. And so we thought that it would be a great thing for us to gather once a month, have a little time in adoration to pray for our loved ones and friends that have left the faith, but then also to provide people with different tips and just to be able to have a support group and then to know that there's a lot that uh, maybe people have left the faith because of their misunderstanding. So even just to teach some of our parishioners how uh, to discuss those hot button issues that affect those that have left the church. It's been mm. a great gift. That is. That's uh, that's definitely worthy of consideration because I think we all know folks who, um, uh, parents who are dismayed because their children have left the faith or have wandered away from the faith to some degree and sounds like a great initiative. So we might just be stealing that. You might, you might see St. Monica Club's start up all over because of that. So very Go good. Go for I appreciate it. appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, very good. Let's go back to the phones. Anthony is calling in from Fresno, California. Anthony, welcome to the show. Hi, how are you? Well, thank you. Are you with can you, Good. I wanted to tell about, I thought that modeling is really a big deal. My, my father, who's passed away now, always modeled um, his love for my mother. He was very... Very good. He's a very prayerful man. We prayed the rosary together, but every day before he left for work, he would hold my mother's hand and tell her how much he loved her. I'll never forget seeing how much my father loved my mother, and I want my wife to believe the same thing. But my dad was in World War II, and he remembers the priest being uh, celebrating Mass in the jungle on the hood of a jeep. And um, my youngest son is a Catholic priest, and he wants to be a priest just like the priest that his uh, grandpa talked about in World War II, to be there for his people. So I just think modeling uh, a man especially is a key role um, in the family. That's what I wanted to say. Yeah, thank you for that testimony. What a great gift to have uh, one of your uh, relatives be a priest as well and to be able to carry on that tradition of, of serving other families. Mother Teresa has a great quote uh, that was really affected me. And I think a lot of times uh, we feel like we need to go out and, and do big things in the world. Mother Teresa says, you want to save the world? You want to change the world? Go home and love your family. Mm. Just to be able to allow the family to be that origin uh, of the sign and that visible presence, the modeling of God's love. Mm. Very good, Anthony. Thank you. Again, another great testimony. I'm sure we could fill many hours of people giving testimony to how their families have fostered the faith. And may that continue. Uh, may that continue to be the rule and not the exception, we hope and pray in this day and age. So thank you, Anthony, for the call. Let's go now to Karis, who's calling in from Orange County, California. Karis, welcome to the program. Hi, yes. Thank you so much. This is such a great conversation, and, and all these co- uh, points have been so valuable. I just wanted to add to throw in another one, which is I really try to stay up on reading um, books by, you know, Catholic teachers and and about the lives of the saints, but about current issues so that as my kids get older, especially into their teens, when they have questions and hopefully I've, I've fostered that communication, I can either like have an answer from the catechism or from, you know, some of these scholars that I've read that I can give to them or you know, I can point them in the direction of, of where to find that. Because I think that as they get to that age of reason and questioning, being able to meet them there, if possible yourself, or having a resource for them is so important so they don't go unanswered, basically. I love that. Yeah, I think it's really important for 
Yeah, especially like you said, facilitating that open communication with your kids. One of the great gifts I had was that I could speak to my parents freely about a lot of different things. Uh, going downstairs to dad's desk in the basement as he was, you know, maybe getting ready for a presentation the next day. The fact that he put that aside to be able to talk to me about some of my questions of the faith or to be able to honestly say, I don't know, but let's find out together. Uh, all of that was very helpful, especially personally for me, because then it allowed me to be able to talk to him freely about discerning entering seminary and becoming mm -hmm. a priest. So all, all of that, just the freedom to be able to question uh, and to wrestle with questions uh, was a really good gift. So, yeah, thanks for doing that with your kids, too. That's a really great point, I think, too, is that there's a, it honors the humanity of our children when we when we say, all right, let's let's get into this here. Let's not just, you know, impose the faith as it was never meant to be imposed, but to uh, to let's explore this together based on your your life situation. You know, what are you facing? What are you dealing with? What are the influences on your life? So, Karis, thank you for the call and a good tip. And Father, maybe in our in our closing moments of the show here, and maybe other practical suggestions of things that families can do. Now, this this doesn't necessarily have to be um, parents, you know, passing on the, their faith to their kids. It could certainly should be at least in part that. But but others, you know, older families, or um, perhaps it's families without kids, or whatever it would be, um, to foster the faith in their in their home in the family. I think a Catholic field trip is a really good example of a way that we can uh, be able to just allow faith to be something that permeates the hearts of our family members. You know, usually, you know, if you're able to, you can kind of have a meal alongside with it. But even just trips to, I don't know, the, the local religious order, uh, maybe uh, to go in and just make a visit in the Blessed Sacrament Chapel. If you're on vacation, to be able to go visit a church or a basilica, to allow that just to be a part of our, our cultural appropriation of our faith, uh, and just to know that this isn't just something that's left on Sundays. Uh, and then, yeah, while I came from that family that had maybe more the subtle faith, maybe just to talk to the kids about what they think about uh, religion or about God's love, uh, maybe to discuss the gospel readings with them. Little ways we can uh, do that can go a long way in spreading the love of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And just a tip, too, um, if you are looking to take a Catholic field trip, as you put it, Father, I like that. That's that's a good thing. Uh, you can always go to relevantradio.com slash shrines for a list of a few of the great shrines across America. And maybe if you have an idea for one that could be added to that list, go right ahead and uh, yep, click on the link that's available on that page to add shrines that way and encourage faith being fostered in the family through these family faith field trips. Wow, that's a lot of Fs all together there. <laughs> <laughs> very good. I like that. Yeah, very good. Uh, let's go now to Marissa, who's calling in from Portland, Oregon. Marissa, welcome to the program. Hi, thank you so much for everything that's been shared already. I just wanted to add that sometimes it skips a generation. My dad left the church and my grandma fostered my enjoyment of Catholic Mass by always making me feel welcome, always inviting me, never talking disparagingly about my dad's decision not to stay in the church, and just really helped foster an enjoyment of the liturgy that carried on and brought me back as a convert to the Catholic Church as an adult. So sometimes it skips a generation. I just wanted to give some hope with that. Yeah. Thank you. And it sounds like you're uh, trying your best to keep the generations going, too. So just a real gift of, of being able to know that we don't have to we don't have to worry. These are things in God's hands. 
and uh, yeah, look at the fruit that was instilled, uh, even though your father kind of struggled in his own faith journey. So thanks for sharing that. I think it is an important thing, too, to honor grandparents and their role in um, in fostering the faith in their grandkids as well. I know I'm familiar with some grandparents' masses and grandparents' honorings around St. Joachim and Anne, the grandparents of Jesus, of course. And uh, yeah, some important roles that grandparents continue to play in the lives of young ones as well. Let's uh, squeeze in one more call here. We've got Ray calling in from Reno, Nevada. Ray, welcome to the program. Thanks for waiting. Uh, no worries, no worries. Hey, um, great topic, and I just wanted to add that my mom fostered my love of the Church and Jesus by never giving up on us and doing, making rosaries for the missions from the time I was nine until she passed at 87 every single day while saying the rosary and the chaplet and praying for the whole family and everybody else. And it worked. (laughs) Amen. Yeah. Patient perseverance. That would uh, be the little phrase I would give to everybody. Uh, Gosh, I don't know if my kid's going to believe what I believe and what I've uh, taught them to understand, but that patient perseverance, really, you start to see the fruits of it, especially when a child and when a young person is able to choose to love the Lord on their own, not out of any obligation, uh, but out of free choice and love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ray, your your comment is uh, really revolving around that dedication, that perseverance that Father was just talking about, which is tr- very true. But I'm wondering, too, if that can be also a, an idea for a family to try together is something, something kind of hands-on, uh, crafty, that has something to do with uh, perhaps sacramentals like the rosary um, that, you know, gives them something to build together as a family. Any thoughts on that, Father? Yeah, try. Uh, do a little Google search on rope rosaries. Uh, we made those at seminary camp, and uh, mine wasn't the most perfect rope rosary, but the fact <laughs> that I made one uh, really was it was neat. And it was uh, it was women uh, in the Legion of Mary that taught us how to do that. So, yeah, I, I think that's a fun little craft, even if you're just doing uh, making a decade of the rosary with your kids. Because um, what we ended up doing was uh, throughout the rest of the camp just making our own. It was a fun little thing to do together. Yeah, very good. Well, lots of tips, lots of testimonies. I'm very grateful for all of you who called in. Sorry we couldn't get to all of your calls or emails today, but uh, I'm so grateful that we are. We have been flooded with calls and emails as, as we're talking about faith and family, that his family has meant so much to so many of our listeners. Keep it up. Keep focused on the family and focused on bringing the faith to life through the efforts of your family. So uh, never give up, as St. Monica teaches us and tells us. Father, we've reached the end of our time together, but as always, we like to close with a blessing. So if you would, please. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May the Lord God, through the intercession of the Holy Family, continue to bless us and sustain us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father Brian Fallon has been our spiritual director today, and I'm sure that there are people who would love to hear more about good things to do with their families and the important role that the family plays in their lives. So you can just hop over to relevantradio.com slash inner life to find the archive show there and share it with others so who might just benefit well from hearing it and maybe help them think, think of many of the wonderful things that have gone on in their life of faith because of their family. Coming up tomorrow, uh, brace yourselves, we're covering the church's teaching on hell with our spiritual director, Father Joseph Ilo, tomorrow. Until then, grace and peace.